0: after the Florida Panthers got nine straight wins. Now they are losers of two straight and give up multiple two-goal leads on Monday afternoon against the Anaheim Ducks.
1: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to this Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, technically released on Monday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Rwanda Velez from the Hockey News, and you follow me on X at monument 12 follow show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked On to get $20 off your first purchase at Game Time. So the Florida Panthers, they welcomed in the Anaheim Ducks to town, had multiple two-goal leads on Monday afternoon from Amaret Bank Arena, but saw their leads not only surrender, but come out on the losing end. And even though they are 19-0-1 going into the third period, with a lead, it now makes it 19-0-2 as Alex Killorn scored the game winner 48 seconds into the final frame. But we do have a guest on the show. We're going to do a Chris Collinsworth type of slide here-ish as I, we welcome in Alex Baumgartner of the Five Reasons Sports Network to, to break down this 5-4 overtime to loss the for the Florida Panthers here at Amherst Bank Arena. Here from the Roger Nielsen Memorial Press Box here. And Alex... Uh, for this one Panthers go uh in, into this one go with with I would say a little bit of not necessarily momentum but a little bit of confidence after what happened on Saturday against the New Jersey Devils yeah they lost 4-1 but Maurice even spoke about that's a game that you feel not necessarily good losing but with your quality chances but even the Panthers I mean only giving up th- four goals um four shots on goal in the first period I mean that last one After having a two-goal lead, which was off a face-off, and then uh, Kalorn scores with it with in the in the final minutes of in the final seconds of the period, but it was just a matter of getting the leads, but then also losing the puck in the neutral zone or the or the blue line for the for the Panthers. What are your biggest takeaways from this one?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny these like matinee games. 1 p.m. on a Monday today, these these games are always kind of a wild card. It's very, like, weird stuff happens in these games, and it's happened a lot with the Panthers, another overtime game against the Ducks. Um, Yeah, I think the biggest concern is that they had two two two-goal leads, and the Panthers are one of the best teams in the NHL at kind of just shutting it down, especially late in games. Um, It's been a couple times where they will concede the first goal or they'll concede a couple in the first 40 but they were a very, very good third-period team, especially with the lead as the stat you just said. What, I think it was 19-0-1 mm-hmm. um, prior to, to today. Uh, too many odd-man rushes. Um, the first period was about as good of hockey as you can play. Um, three shots on goal up until four seconds remaining where there's kind of a you know 10 seconds left. Uh, offensive zone face-off. There's a blunder at the point other team goes away and scores a break with four seconds left. They're carrying momentum into the intermission after you played a perfect 1950 something of hockey, right? That's a real killer when you're, uh, when you give up a goal that late and then Anaheim goes again, scores in the next period to tie it. But the Panthers are very good at, you know, kind of calming down the nerves. As we saw, they pick up another two goal lead, but, Give Anaheim credit. They capitalize on their chances, which is less than the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers' PK was perfect. Their power play scored twice, and they still lose the game in overtime. So it's a very, very unusual kind of night or afternoon to dominate the special teams play, mm-hmm. score a goal. You did concede one as well, and you still come up short. So it's, uh, it's definitely not going to be like this every night. But yeah i think the biggest concern is you gave up a couple too many odd man rushes and anaheim scored in literally every single one
0: yeah and for for this one even though it was five for five the stat sheet on the penalty kill a lot of abbreviated power plays as well i mean but but
1: still like you're working hard to get those you know you you draw a trip it's because you're getting in the guy's lane right yeah i'll still count that as a kill even if it is six seconds like one of them was
0: yeah no doubt and and just uh Maurice spoke about like a lack of focus as well, and and the group also spoke about uh, that as well. I mean, you, you mentioned it two goal lead, one of them on the power play where for Hage hit off the post. They got it back to him. Scores on a wrist or far side, and and also Sam was w- scored on the shorthanded goal. Now uh, seven straight games where he scores on special teams, six of them being on the power play, the yeah. other one being shorthanded uh, for for the for Sam Reinhardt in a in a contract year and all, but also. The, the Anaheim ducks the 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 goal that I believe w- got it to a four three uh four3 game uh or 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 four four one of one of the goals I mean they were fighting off a check from um, Nico Mikola and Troy um Troy Terry uh gets it to uh to tie the game at four and uh, as well and it was just not as hard on pucks as you want them to be as far as that well, when it an- came to that
1: Anaheim played a very good game or on the trapezoid or in excuse me, not trapezoid in front of the crease that's where most of their goals came from. They weren't wiring pucks from the top of the blue line. It's going in. You're getting odd man rushes. You're getting traffic in front of the net. You're getting your breaks. Um, Florida said they got a little running gun, which is very evident. Yeah. Um, when you have two, two goal leads like that, you kind of let off the brakes a little bit. That's definitely what happened today. That doesn't happen a lot. And um, yeah, you know, you got to play a full 60 minutes and it wasn't the strongest of nights for Anthony Stolarts, who has been a very good backup this season. Mm-hmm. I think Stoll Arts has been exceeding my expectations in terms of that backup role tonight. Wasn't his strongest night, but he did make some big saves. John Gibson on the other side did make some big saves. It was overall you can't pinpoint it on one specific area. I think there was a couple things that went wrong, whether it was getting away from, um, you know, the stronger defensive battles, um, not, you know, hampering down, getting a little running gun, like mm-hmm. multiple players said, and then it wasn't the greatest of goaltending nights, but, when you're getting that many odd man rushes in front of you, I mean, there's a couple breakaways, right? Yeah. You know, you can't pin all of it on the goaltender, which I will not do. Um, once again, very weird kind of game. Very unusual. There was 15 penalties. There was nine power plays. Florida killed off every uh, power play they face on the other side. It's a very, I wouldn't look too much into this. Yeah. Especially after a nine game win streak. And then you get a point tonight. So,
0: yeah. And like, like, like we, like you said, they got the, they gave up too much of the breakaways. And then when, when you have the clear lane to the net, you Anthony Stolars is not, not necessarily forced to be on top of the crease, but then reaching out and then having to make a save, try to make a save on his leg. We saw a few times, but we, we couldn't count that the whole game. We couldn't see, we couldn't have the Panthers count on that the whole game yep. and all that as far as that when it, when it comes to, when it comes to Stolars and just, Sometimes facing one-on-one opportunities, which the Panthers did talk about in the locker room after the game. But we are going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to discuss when we thought this game was won or lost. In in this one, we are going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. And you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last minute deals, all-in prices viewed from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an after uh, an hour after it starts. It's the best place to find last-minute tickets. Find exclusive deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, hockey, concerts, theaters, and more. With Zone Deals, you pick a section and GameTime picks up the seats for big-time savings. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel here on this post-game edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Even though it is the Tuesday edition of the show, we are releasing this earl- early here on the Locked On Florida Panthers uh, YouTube page and on audio here with Alex Baumgartner of the Five Reasons Sports Network here on the show. So, as far as when <laughs> it's funny. It's always so different every single time when you think about these when you when I think about a moment of when I thought this game was won or lost. But this one, like you said, not much to read into this game. Of not not well, not necessarily that, but as not not as much to harp on when it comes to the Panthers dropping this one. But I I, I feel that you started to maybe see the signs of it when when Mason McTavish is going to the box, um when driving to the net, excuse me, uh which Bennett is, you know, not allowing an easy lane to the net crash into Stolarz honestly part of it was maybe Bennett uh shoving uh McTavish into Stolarz he doesn't like it and all that stuff him Frank Girano Mason McTavish um, and Matthew Kachuk all go to the box yeah. but it's at the same time while all that is going uh, minutes later Barkov misses the last 5 30-ish of the of the final uh, of the of yeah. the final period and you know you have both of them where the offsetting minors—you can't go into the in back into the game until the oh, next whistle and all. I so know, I think that was my—I I would say that was my. I didn't
1: think this game was lost at any point. Um, obviously you're kind of on the edge of your seat if mm-hmm. you're a fan, and they're like, if you're a fan, you're probably on the edge of your seat. Like we just gave up a two-goal lead. Um, Anaheim's going to the power play uh, with two thirty-eight to go. Florida did draw a penalty within like six seconds. Yep. So that was kind of a wash. Um, I I did not think this game was over at any point until the winner. Well, I'll tell you the, the play where the winner happened, Florida had three forwards. Carter Verhage was the one that was playing trailer defenseman. Mm-hmm. And he didn't take Bennett went for the went for the pass. Verhage didn't obviously he's not a defenseman, so the defenseman's probably gonna jump up and take that lane. Um Anaheim eventually scores, but, like, that was probably the one, like, I know I'm saying the game winner is when I thought the game was over. Yeah. It's like, I mean, if there was an instant where like, this is over, it was that shift because mm-hmm. they should have scored, Anaheim missed, they circled back, and then they scored. So, yes, that's when I thought the game was over. But um, when you give up two two-goal leads the second time, you're probably like, all right, they're really going to have to pull something out. If mm-hmm. they're going to concede the, the two goal lead a second time and still win the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in the back of your head, it's like, dang, Anaheim really has all the momentum. So, I think it's more of a momentum swing yeah. where you have an extremely lesser Anaheim team in terms of the standings. And Anaheim's probably not going to make the playoffs. And they're heavily injured as well. They're kind of going through a couple of changes in the organization with the trade of Drysdale. So, there's a lot of moving parts within this game. Um, Florida probably should have won it once yeah. you get the second two-goal lead. Mm-hmm. So I think Anaheim did a, a spectacular job at not only overcoming it once but overcoming it again. So, yeah, maybe the writing was on the wall that this was an Anaheim Ducks kind of day once they came back from the two-goal lead the second time. But um, when, once you get the overtime three-on-three, three, it's kind of anyone's game. By the way, on the Barkoff thing, 530-ish left, 530-plus left. Um, precautionary move per Maurice, they Mm -hmm. will expect him to be there for Detroit, with a little bit of tightness, uh, somewhere lower body and, um, better to, you know, not risk that and you lose the extra point. So that's that.
0: Yeah. Uh, and as far as, as far as the momentum swing and the, and the, and and all, when it came to that for, when it came to that and then later getting the getting the Anaheim Ducks uh-huh. to go to the box after drawing um, drawing the holding of the stick call. For for the Panthers there, you know, you have two guys in, in the box and then yeah. one who's not on the bench. So it's like a little bit of – and here's the thing. In this all-time series, the last seven have gone the Florida Panthers way. And as far as three of them going into overtime, making the fourth one go into overtime out of eight, yeah. Panthers have – Panthers thrive on the – on with open ice even even though their style of play has changed with coach Maurice here. Yeah. They love they love playing that they love playing that style of play. They they're three and one they were three and one going into this one in overtime. The only overtime loss came in the very beginning of the season against Boston where they yeah. blew a two goal lead but there. They
1: definitely got away they're definitely away from the they're not a running gun team. They tried that last year with the coaching change and it just was not working. And then they said They had to just buy in completely to shutting it down and playing a defensive game. And they can still score a lot of goals, but a game like this is very rare where you're giving up that. Like we saw in Colorado, they gave up the three-goal lead, but once they got it back, they just shut it down completely. Right? It was Mm -hmm. 4-4, you make it 6-4, you score the empty netters, you win 8-4. It probably should have been like that tonight once you go up 4-2 after... Over or after giving up the two-goal deficit the first time. Um team instantly said we got too late, we got too loose, we played too much run and gun. Maybe two years ago, they wouldn't have said that they wouldn't have brought up they were playing too running gun. This team is very defensively sound and locking it down. So yeah, I, I don't expect something like this where you're conceding two goals unanswered two times in a game that yeah. happened many more times this season
0: and i remember during the during right before the winning streak dur- during the, their loss against st louis mm. maurice was sp- speaking all about forcing stuff off the rush too i mean but the panthers rush game has been a lot better as far as that it's just what's going to happen when the counter attack happens i got to give credit to uh aaron ekblad on the on the Verhage. um not um, not very not Verhage. uh the the Verhage goal he did not get an a, assist on on one on a centering feed and then they go out and they it was excuse me the second Bennett goal yeah. uh, he blocks a centering feed and then they go out and transition as Look, well.
1: Aklat has been very very like it might be one of the better defensive seasons of his career. The offense isn't necessarily there, but he still generates the chances. But like. A quick yeah.
0: stretch pass out of the zone, too. I mean,
1: he almost – if John Gibson didn't rob him there, there's a three-on-one where him and Stenlin and Rodriguez had a perfect link-up play. But, um, you know, Aaron Ekblad is like you. – I'd rather Aaron Ekblad be a stalwart defensive defenseman mm-hmm. than he's pinching up too much in the rush and then we got a odd man rush coming the other way. I think that he's been very good defensively this season.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely can't complain about uh, that. And the advanced stats even show it about what he's doing. Him and Forsling
1: have been very, mm-hmm. very solid defensively.
0: No complaints there whatsoever about Aaron Eckblad about, about, of, of his play there, as as that goal was to give the Panthers the, four, the 4-2 lead at the time yep. then. But we're going to transition over to segment number three, where we're going to discuss more about and put a, a little bit of a wrap on this game and more about just how the Panthers mentally, um, mentally rebound yeah. from, from from a game uh, l- like this and their two game skid. We're going to discuss that more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper, and it's it's we're at the more past the halfway point of the NHL season where regardless of whether the where the Florida Panthers are in the standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official fantasy app of the Locked On NHL network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy contests. And all you have to do is pick studs like Sam Reinhart, which he, once again, seven straight games with a goal on special teams. You could hit him, Matthew Kachuk, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid. If they will record more or less their sleeper projections from things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Cats fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily, fa- daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks. You can start winning big. Use code LOCKDOWNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Third and final segment here on this Tuesday, January 16th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Monday release, though. Uh, Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Monday edition of the show. So. It's crazy thinking the just the mindset of the team collectively where coming off that Western Canadian trip you, where you see four points out of ten yep. the, um, that time around and two shutouts there. But then you think about the amount of chances offensively on Saturday and then going back to this one. I mean, the second line combined, 15 shots on goal between Verhage, Kachuk and Bennett on, yeah. on the night consistently driving to the net i mean it we feel for Sam Bennett getting two goals on the night now he's in double digits i mean and Paul Maurice even spoke about how the the time the amount of time missed and then and then coming back uh, to to this production that they've had i mean yeah is we can't deny this is a top heavy team when it comes to the forward lines as well when it comes to Whoa. scoring but but for but it's still for this, even in a slight skid like this, you, you think you're thinking, okay, you're still giving up the chances, but once again, the rushes for the opposition.
1: I will say every team in the NHL is that most teams are their top six is, pro, is a lot, it's top heavy. Yeah. I think the Panthers have more skill that's untapped in that third line. Yes. And they're slowly talking about they're going to get that Lundell line going. Mm -hmm. And I think it will happen. I mean, he's just getting so unlucky with either, you know, missing in front of net or stuff. But Lundell still plays hard in the corners, plays hard in front of the net, and they generate chances. And it's only a matter of time. He's not going to score 20 goals. Mm -hmm. But I think that line can, as they did last season in the playoffs, and I know Sam Reinhardt was on that line, but it is also Mm -hmm. important to not forget how important Etu Usterainen was and how important Anton Lundell was in those playoff series. I mean, Anton Lundell was huge in that Toronto series specifically. Booster mm-hmm. Ryan was huge in the playoffs, and they really missed him in the final. So whatever happens to that third line, whether there's a trade deadline acquisition or someone pops up out of somewhere, Charlotte maybe, that line's going to get going, I think. It's about time the second line started getting going over the last three weeks because Matthew Kachuk Is on fire. Carter Higgins he's on fire. Now we're seeing the offense start coming out of Sam Bennett. The Barkov line's been the driver all season. Sam Reinhardt, 32 goals. Alexander Barkov, well over a point per game. Evan Rodriguez just hit his 20th assist this season. I don't think a lot of people would have thought Evan Rodriguez was going to be this important to the Panthers through game 43. I mean, he's been huge on that first line. And the chemistry, maybe not necessarily chemistry, but maybe just the familiarity of having one um, Barkov and Reinhardt with him has helped, but also they always compliment how good of a game he's playing. So that first line, spectacular all season. Now the second line, five points tonight, extremely electric over the last 12 or so games. Third line start picking up. And now the fourth line is just a hard hitting line. That's what they want. You're not going to get offense from that fourth line. They just wanted hard hitting. Kevin Stenland's a perfect fourth line center.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... Once again, those defensive zone draws. Also, one thing we hadn't yet to mention is uh, Josh Mahara drew into the lineup uh, for the first time in almost a month. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, on the on the Silverberg goal, a uh, lift left out of the zone, and then Silverberg was... Uh, Mahara cri- hasn't...
1: Mahera, sorry, I have to cut no, you off. So no Mahara hasn't played a lot of games the last two months. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit harder to... And Maurice has talked about how he'd rather pull a forward than pull a defenseman, and I think we saw that tonight. Where Josh Maher only played about 12 and a half minutes. Um, you know, playing defense in the NHL, you're you're out there a lot more than the forwards. If you're a bottom pair guy, um Mahara, six pair or third pair, six defenseman kind of thing. Um wasn't a strong game for him. Also, he just hasn't played a lot of hockey in the last two months. Josh Maher, I think he played every single game last regular. Yes,
0: season. AD, all 82.
1: Played Every single game. I mean, he took a puck to the eye in the playoffs. (laughs) Against Toronto. Three shifts, right? I mean, like, that guy was playing good hockey, and now he was playing with Radko Gudis, who made his return tonight. Um, That could have helped. But Mahura was very solid last season, very. Mm. So, Kulikov comes out, Mahura goes in, injury. Um, It's tough to come and play only a couple games As a defenseman, specifically, you can plug in a forward on the fourth line and they can kind of fly under the radar of not having great performances. You can bury a forward. You can't bury a defenseman. Yeah. So um, depending on how long Kulikov's out, maybe the next game from a her if he's in can be better. Mm -hmm. But uh, once again, it's like it's kind of hard as a defenseman to jump in after not playing a lot of hockey in the last two months.
0: Yeah. And when you're – big difference between – Practice speed and gain speed, obviously, when it comes to just getting your overall rhythm on yep. on on it, and and he him playing eighteen shifts on the night as well. I mean, hopefully for him, he uh, he's able to get into more games and to just get that rhythm back because we saw what can happen in an eighty-two game sample size, and we didn't really call him out by name. I, I mean, at least I didn't uh, over the last season about crucial mistakes. Josh and all.
1: Mahura was a very solid guy to have on your third pair. Yeah very solid guy to have on your third pair. Um and I still think he's a solid guy to have six to eight on your depth chart.
0: Mhm. So, yeah, definitely definitely a, a v- still a very po- valuable piece as as for for the Panthers, it's just uh some it, little Mental lapses as far as really the – you can define the night as that. Uh Before we get out of here as, as far as that, uh yeah. what would you think of the video tribute as uh, as the Panthers welcome back Radko Goose? As hey, far Rad- as
1: – Radko's a great guy. He's a uh, um, – you know, he tweeted just a couple minutes ago how important this game was and how special it was. And uh, we had some guys in the Anaheim room, and he was happy to see them. So, you know, Radko was a fan favorite down here. It was one of the louder standing ovations oh, yeah. that you'd get – Considering this arena wasn't sold out today, um, you know, very, very good applause for him. And they love him out here. And Radko yeah. loved it over here. So a uh, very important piece of the Panthers of the last couple of years. And there, he's definitely, even though the back end has been improved this season, they would have loved to keep Radko Gudis and have him there. Mm-hmm. So,
0: <laughs> I observed the last go-round that Radko Gudis ne- or, or any of the former Panthers or the fam- former Ducks would not fight a former teammate. And that theme continued tonight. Oh, yeah. Radko was
1: very good over there.
0: Yeah. Uh, Frank Petrano fought Matthew Kachuk. They weren't teammates. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. Okay. They weren't yeah, teammates. Radko so.
1: picked up the hitting a little bit later. Like he hit Ryanard pretty good. He rubbed them off over there on, on the side of the, uh, kind of like pushed them off on the side of the, uh, over there
0: so on on the uh, on the near side corner far side corner I'm, trying to, I'm yeah. just
1: trying to remember exactly where it was but yeah you hit them pretty good so yeah
0: but hey, hey uh hey as they as they say no no friends once the game starts but I'm sure they're getting together they if they haven't gotten together already for like dinner or um, before the game or after the game and and all uh I'm sure I'm sure they're just really happy to see each other and all, of course the matinee yep. helps for them to have the rest of their night to to their own and all that so Uh, great to great to see that Radko this did in fact get an ovation here at emerald bank arena as it was a like like alex said a really loud ovation on 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 the afternoon uh from sunrise florida but uh alex i want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the locked on florida panthers podcast a recap edition of the show in person uh here uh from the roger nielsen memorial press box Tell everybody where they can find you and your work online, my friend.
1: 5reasonsports.com, uh, nine 91 on Twitter.
0: Awesome, man. Thank, thank, thank you, and I will see you next time, my friend. Yep. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you be notified every single time the Locked on Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Stuart Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. So I'm Armando Velez with Alex Baumgartner. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.